guys, Brendan here. Welcome back to another episode of the Inspired Life Podcast. This podcast is an interview project that was born out of a desire to learn more about the people that I admire. I saw people doing incredible things, whether that means building mission-based businesses, creating social impact, or simply following their heart and their passions to live an inspired life. The people that I interview on this show are some of my greatest teachers, mentors, and role models. So please sit back and absorb this information that they have spent a lifetime acquiring, and I do my best to tease that out over the next hour. Of course, we will not get to everything, so I will always give you the means to go find these people, follow them to learn more from them directly. If you guys have a story that you want to share, please reach out. Let's get you on the podcast. This is a global conversation. All right, guys, I love you. Sit back and enjoy the show. Alrighty, so this week I am sharing the second half of the conversation that I had with James Brady. If you guys did not listen to last week's episode, I definitely recommend that you go back and check it out. If you just want to dive in right now, by all means, we're picking up mid-conversation, coming in hot, talking about the merits and downfalls of advice giving and how important it is to give people the opportunity to take part actively in their own education. So another incredible conversation, super raw, unscripted. I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's dive right in. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I think that that is something that we're all working towards, right? Because it's this understanding that people are able to interpret information and internalize information based on their own personal experience, right? Like everything that you say to somebody, they're going to associate with something that they've experienced in their life or haven't experienced in their life. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? So you might be sitting there like, you know, word vomit, advice giving to a guy who it's all flying over his head and potentially maybe even turning him off like to this way of thinking because it's inaccessible and like the verbiage, the language, like whatever it is that you're using. Um, Whereas if it were reframed as questions and you were to give this person the floor to tell you about how they feel about this topic, right? they, they could have that freedom to explore it further in depth, right? Where it's like, rather than being talked at, you open up for them to dive in and tell you what they think. And I think that's how one of the greatest opportunities to learn is through teaching, right? So you open yeah. the floor, it's like, teach me, tell me about how you feel about, you know, whatever, God. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'd imagine you're experiencing this through your, your, uh, coaching uh, sessions you learn just as much from who you're teaching as they're learning from you and um, you touched on just what asking the questions is actually doing is giving them the freedom and a word that I am hooked on in terms of development especially for younger people at the moment is autonomy it is something that I think is lacking tremendously 
if you look, it, it, it's a positive to one degree how structured the, the average teenage athlete's life is, mm. right? They know exactly when they have to go to school, when practice starts, when training is, when they're eating their meals with zero input of their own, mm. right? Some, maybe more than others, but for the most part, they know where they have to be and when, and they're told what to do, and that they just do it. And this is something that, this is a limiting belief that I've had about myself for quite some time. I've always said, tell me what to do and I can do anything, right? But I have a very difficult time making decisions for myself. And I was contemplating this at the gym today and because I've recently sought help in my exercise regimen, hiring a, an online trainer to develop a program for me to help me reach my goals and this and that. And um, I tried to fight it for a long time, just do it myself and like make my decisions for myself and do that. And I was like, okay, you know what? Too much time and energy. I'm going to have someone else help me with this. But in the gym, I'm just like, this 100% comes from how I grew up. And it was a blessing to some degree. Every, anything I ever wanted to do, any training, any exercise, any, anything to help me grow and develop and do what I loved and play football, baseball, basketball, whatever travel teams, any training sessions, traveling all over, right? It was all provided. And what a beautiful gift that I could do all those things. But... for the most part, I never had to make any decisions. When do I do something? Where am I going to do it? What team am I playing for? It was always kind of just decided, right? It, I didn't play a role in that. And that is something that I'm recognizing so much power in the development of our young men is consciously and intentionally creating opportunities for autonomy within what we do mm. and all the way from literally letting them pick and decide beforehand things to work on the day that they're showing up mm. all the way to okay this is what we're working on do it for the next 10 minutes and i'm not going to bother you right i'll film it we'll, we'll review afterwards but having the freedom and the space to express and experiment and make decisions I'm not, in particular for teenagers and athletes is so powerful because I've gone through times where it's like you're critiquing every single move and you want them to be perfect right now. And it's like, that's the opposite. You're creating robots that can't think for themselves, move for themselves. And it's finding that balance of providing the guidance and structure, but creating the container and the space to give them a sense of autonomy to make their own decisions and have the freedom to express and experiment who they are and how they want to do things. And I can, I'm, I, I'm very confident in saying this, especially for like seventh, eighth and ninth graders right now, there are kids doing things that I've never seen any of our seventh, eighth and ninth graders do mm. in terms of physical play on the field. The number one thing I would correlate that to is intentionally creating autonomy within our workout space um, over the last 
year and a half. That's it. Giving them more, it's created the most growth in the shortest amount of time. Just implementing that. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it, but adding in that space for autonomy, whew, for any coach or any trainer, or anybody listening, yeah, you got to make sure you're providing the guidance and it feels good to be right when you show someone who knows and they get it and you told them to. It's not about you, it's about them. Provide the guidance, give them the freedom and the power to choose how they want to show up. Yeah, autonomy. It's the word. Word of the day. It's the word yeah. of the day. Yeah, man. That's uh, you know we were kicking this around yesterday uh, on on our on our call, and I'm reflecting on how this applies to my dilemma that I was sharing yesterday is about how to be better of service and and uh, ensure that you know people are taking the reins on on their life, on their decision making. You know, I'm not there to solve problems for you. I'm there to equip you with the tools to solve problems right so um that's uh, an interesting point to reflect on for sure thank you for sharing that. any kind of specific approach or like things to are there things that you're aware of that you might feel tempted to do or say and you have to be conscious to not yeah i don't hear what what comes up for you of course, man. Well, to, to your point, what you brought up earlier, um, the reframe from giving advice to asking questions, right? Um, I, uh, you know, somebody will be sharing this issue with me where it seems very clear to me, right? That like, I, I'm like, oh, well, if you just do this, right? Like if you just take this one action step, um, it will probably bring you closer to solving the problem. Uh, and always 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 like I'm, I'm quick to start uh saying okay so like here's what you need to do or something like that and it has to be like a reframe to okay so in the framework that i use right i have like a, a little problem solving framework it goes truth accountability creativity action right and i go through that in my head um anytime somebody's presenting me with a problem right but uh, it's about teaching the people I'm working with to go through that same framework. So generally how it all starts off when somebody's talking to you about their problems is they're telling you the truth part, right? Or like trying to at least and trying to work through like what is, what am I experiencing that's difficult right now? Um, and sometimes you have to prod a little bit to get to like the root cause of the problem to get the true truth. Um, and then rather jump it rather than like me going through that and jumping straight from truth to like action like what's the action item right it's about all right so who's responsible to like solve this problem right and it's always about the getting them to be like okay right like yes like it's not my mom's fault like it's it's not my partner's fault like i can't be mad like i can't expect them to solve this i'm the one who's having the problem therefore it's my responsibility to solve it right but i can't i can't jam that down their throat it's about like right asking the questions to to guide them to say yes like this is me this is my work i got to do it um and then once again just like asking the questions to to open up the creative ways of thinking getting outside the box you know we do like a lot of physical um exercise in order to get like creative juices flowing so for me it's always just about like snapping back into 
the framework and not skipping steps and always, you know, once again, trying to like hand it back to them um, asking questions rather than giving advice. I think that, you know, we probably as coaches all have like a propensity to, you know, want to give advice. Um, but oh, yeah. I'm sure there's people that come up with, with something that's going on and it's like, oh, I know what to do. But that's not going to be the best way to just do this. Yeah. Because you're, 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 again, you're, you're pulling away agency, you're pulling away autonomy, like, and, and that is absolutely crippling. Like that is, it's the same idea that, you know, <laughs> I was watching Mean Girls last night for like, I think maybe it was the second time that I watched it. Um, yeah, man. Like, I, I don't know. I've like seen like pieces of it a million times, but like, you know, watching it straight through, I learned that like every quote, that I've ever heard. Like, it's like one of the most heavily quoted movies of all time, like in, in my life. Like, I just hear people like say these things like where I'm like, oh, this is from Mean Girls. Like, you know, like, and I, I didn't even put it together until last night. But anyway, there's this scene in the beginning where, you know, this girl, she comes from, for anyone who hasn't seen Mean Girls, like this girl comes from uh, living in Africa for her whole life with her parents who are, you know, um, like anthropologists or zoologists or something. She uh, moves to, America to Chicago and uh, goes to school for the first time. She's been homeschooled for her whole life. And she's like going through her first day at school and it's showing all the teachers faces, like yelling at her, like telling her what to do, like scolding her. And she's like, you know, asked for the pass to the bathroom. And, you know, the teacher is like, no, like you can't go to the bathroom. And she was like, this is the first time in my life that adults haven't trusted me, right? And I was so powerful. Like, it cut for me. I was like, wow, like, yeah, we all grow up in this, this situation where we are, like, mistrusted to make our own decisions, to think for ourselves. Like, there's always somebody telling you, like, I know better. I know what, what you should be doing. And, uh, like, damn, like, that's so crippling, you know? So I think that for the work that you're doing um, and the work that I'm trying to do as well to give people the tools to like make those decisions for themselves, like work through the problem solving process to say like, okay, I know it's the best decision for me. Right. I'd love to chat, maybe not today, but another time, some of the, the tools you have in place um, to help with that problem solving because um, I'm still uh, being as honest as possible. If, if a kid reached out with a problem today, I would, my first instinct is to um, offer advice. And uh, I would love to equip myself with some, some tools to share, if you don't mind sharing one day. Yeah, man. Well, you know, <laughs> working through a text message, like it's, it, it's super hard, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah. uh, there's this, there's this desire to, there, there's like an immediacy of like communication through text message. It's like answer, response, question, solution. You know what I mean? Like, so that's kind of like the general flow of communication, right? Yeah. Through text message. So you really have to do the extra work to fight it. And I, I do a lot of text coaching also. Like it's part of my package that I offer. So I understand where it's like, all right. Also, you don't want to be like drawn out, like attached to your phone all day, like helping somebody solve a problem when you're like, oh, I just know what the solution is. Like, how about you just do this? Um, so yeah, through text, it's like, 
super difficult because you also don't get that like gratification that like when you ask a question that's something like a little bit provocative thought provoking and like putting the ball back in their court you don't have anything telling you that uh that they that they're doing the work that they're thinking about it now that like they are receiving and and in that space right um i think that like always the first thing like right just like to throw it back and be like well what do you think you should do <laughs> right and silence is huge right in person at least like to let people sit through like uncomfortable silences um i know for me i i have it's something i work on every day this desire to like jump in make sure people feel comfortable and talk when there is a silence but all of the work happens in silence man like that is the best gift that you can give anybody after somebody is speaking sharing what they're going through let them integrate what they just said right in a period of silence maintain hold that space and see what they say next try to sit through that that discomfort and just see what comes next because that's when like like you talk about autonomy like people will guide themselves through but there will be gaps so i think like, getting comfortable with with that silence i mean is that something you experience as well um yeah uh, and well i do have to be honest there's the, the one the conversations that are popping into my head are times when it's i don't even think they know what they're really asking because they show up asking one thing and I do my best to create the space and ask questions. What I experience too often is feeling like, okay, you're not getting it. Like here's where we're at. And then I wind up trying to do it and then just not shoving it down their throat, but presenting a little bit more of the direction we're trying to go into. And that's, a, I think a struggle with working with teenagers is I'm kind of seeing this problem or whatever they're working through from the, the eyes and mind of a 30 something year old man and trying to get them to see it that way. And like, that's a current struggle I'm having is connecting more to who they are and their point of view that that for sure is something that I'm currently struggling with, but working, I'm aware of it. Right. And, um, all the way down to like the music, like I'm, I listen to begrudgingly stuff that I would never listen to, but just in an attempt to be like, okay, maybe this is where, you know what I mean? Just trying to connect and relate a little bit better. Um, cause sometimes I just feel like no matter what I say, or what questions I ask, what I believe is best for them is not going to come to fruition if I don't tell them, which is, which is tricky. It is tricky. Um, with that being said, like there is a lot of knowledge that you've procured over the years, right? That like they can't teach themselves everything, right? You know what I mean? Like they can, you know, solve problems, learn to trust their intuition, like go through all that stuff. But like at a certain point, it's like, you're there for a reason, right? You're there to impart knowledge. Like there's, 
there's a lot that these kids don't know that like you do need to teach them right um and you know you just like try to make sure that like they're engaged in the process right it's not like uh you know preaching it's a dialogue it's engagement it's like okay you know how to solve this piece of the problem right like you solve this piece of the problem like now let me show you like what comes next right like this is a, a new problem that you have not been exposed to yet so like i'm gonna help you out and then the next time it comes up like you have a framework to solve it from right because it's not like this is the answer every time it's like no this is just a um, now a new tool that you have in your repertoire to solve it the next time you've seen somebody do it. Now, you know, it's possible and now you'll feel more empowered to do it yourself. So it's really important at times as you do, you know, like you lead through lead by example and you can't just like throw, you know, whether it's a math problem or whatever, it's like, you don't just like throw kids, you know, some like advanced calculus problem when they've never, you know, seen these numbers and letters put together right. on a page before and be like, go ahead, like trust your intuition. You can, you can solve it. It's like what you'll get back is ridiculous. So you do need to make sure that you are at least offering like, you know, um, an example first, show them how to solve the problem on the yeah. board. Right. Mm -hmm. So man, I want to um, talk a little bit about something that it's spoken about in the coaching industry a lot. Um, and I think that it's true to a point, but it's, it's intricate. Um, something that I hear people say is like, you know, you can, as a coach, right. You can only help people like to grow insofar as you have done the growth yourself. Right. And to some point, like that's, very very true um now with the guys that you're working with right like and uh some of these guys are going on right to play like uh nfl ball right did i see uh, on on the website there's a guy who's on the packers right now is that true it's true yeah he is now playing uh like a tight end h-back but um yes he does play for the Packers. played quarterback at princeton and i started training him when geez he was like 11. Um, wow. I'm not taking all credit. We had a big gap there where we didn't work together, but still, um, yes, so that's true. Cool. So when we're sitting there working, like, you know, whether it's like, you know, a father teaching children or, you know, a coach teaching students, whatever it may be, I think that our desire is always that we can help this person be better than we ever were, right? It's like, here, I have this knowledge that, I had to spend all of my time, like dwarves on the shoulder of giants, right? It's like, I spent all this time getting this information. Let me package, package it up for you so you don't have to spend so much time learning what I learned and then you can build on top of it, right? So, so when you're working with people, like how do you feel about that idea of like you can only help people grow insofar as you've grown yourself, you can only help people like to the level um, at which you've, you've achieved? So I, it's the word achieved that I don't agree with because there are people in the, the training space that are, what, what they promote themselves is, is the level they played at, right? NFL or professional, whatever, right? 
obviously there are benefits that come from that. And having played in the NFL with an ability to teach and share and connect, fantastic. Like, of course, that's incredibly valuable. Um, but I've also come across a lot of people who played at the highest level that can't teach. So, and they're, they don't help anybody, right? They're trying, but like, they just don't understand how you, you don't get it. So I think it, it's more along the lines of where you're, the direction you're presently going. If, if the direction you're presently going is forward and towards growth and bettering yourself, you can continue to help someone else continue to grow and better themselves. Mm. So I do agree to it the point that you can only help someone to the degree of which you're at in, in terms of, I think more in terms of your willingness and time and effort and energy put into bettering yourself. I don't agree with it in terms of levels or accomplishments or achievements um, for that exact reason. You can achieve everything in the world, but if you can't connect and share package in a way for someone to understand, it's not going to work, right? So I agree to some degree, disagree to some degree, but I what I really believe in is because I struggle with that too. Like there are guys, right, that clearly and obviously are, are a thousand times better than I ever was, right? And which is the point, right? Yeah. They do things I could never do physically and fundamentally. But especially in the quarterback training space, what I'm recognizing is that to some degree, right, there's only so many fundamentals and skill sets you can teach that my role transitions a little bit more into mentor or uh, mindset coach, or it, it's becoming more of that relationship with the guys that are at the levels I never reached. Um, if that makes sense. It's, hey, here's, when I was in a similar position to you, these are the things that prevented me from continuing further. I can share the mistakes I've made. I can share the lessons I've learned from those. I can't tell you how to read an NFL playbook, mm. but that's not my job at this point. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I agree to some degree, I, do, I disagree to some degree, but what I do believe is that you personally, or I personally, whoever, is moving in the direction of bettering yourself you can show up with the energy for whoever you're with to continue to match that. They might be at a level you've never reached in terms of achievements, but you're both moving in the same direction and that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, that's a really a great perspective on it. I was just listening to um, on Tim Ferriss the other day uh, was Michael Jordan's uh, one of his coaches um, basically like a mindset coach, you know, uh, mindful. He was a mindfulness coach. Did you listen to it? George Mumford? Yeah, jo yeah, George Mumford. Yeah, and it's so interesting like to listen to him speak because on so many levels, he's like a really simple dude, you know? But he had, and I think that you find this with like 
high-performing executives, high-performing athletes. It's like, yo, I got the business. Like I got the, the fundamentals. Like I am, you know, the strongest dude here. Like what I need help with is like putting it all together and like, you know, feeling, uh, confident, comfortable, you know what I mean? Like getting my mind right. I've got all the, you know, the, the, the physical aspect of it. I don't need any help with that. You know, I'm the best right. that ever lived, right? Yeah. And uh, forever, no matter how good you are at anything, you've got to keep working on this because it's the make or break in the moment. You know what I mean? Like when, when it's like, no matter who you are, you know, when you see uh, an incredible athlete like choke, uh, you know, at the last minute, throw an interception, like on like, you know, the one yard line in the Super Bowl. It's like, it's like, you know how to not do that, right? Like, but whatever was going on in your mind, like, you know, the, the pressure of like, the roar of the fans, whatever it is that like had you going, you're thinking about, you know, what happens if I don't like this, that, whatever. Um, so that's why you've got to stay engaged, right? With your mind and like, always be be growing there and uh continuing like like for a mindset coach it's not like you just like learn the tools and you're good to go you're always going to need to like check back in and and it's something that you you recommit to every single day a mindset right because it's so easy to slip up and and fall back into old patterns of thinking and and these these uh you know whatever toxic toxic limiting beliefs all that kind of stuff so i think that like that work is infinite and forever. Like when it comes to spirituality and mindset, right? Like no matter you do the work, right? You're, you're an incredible teacher, but you've got people that you're working with right now. You're always continuing to learn and you probably always will. Oh, hundred um, percent. And that's what I think is so cool. And it did happen somewhat organically is like some of these guys reached these levels where it's like, well, shoot, like, I don't know how else I can provide value, right? And just organically and naturally through our conversations, it became clear to me that the, the mental aspect, the psychological and the physiological aspects really just happening inside of the body that produces our feelings, our emotions, and the way our mind is operating. Now more than ever with just with social media and phones and technology, especially for kids, they need help in that regard. They need guidance in that regard. And it was a beautiful synchronistic, like how it all kind of came together. Like it's obvious to me, that's the next step for me is to learn. When I say I'm in a learning stage, that's what I'm learning about is psychology and how the human mind works and how to help people access flow state, their optimal state of consciousness for peak performance. And um, I really generally believe it is, it's going to be commonplace eventually in training. In the, you can't have the physical without the mental. For so long, it's all just been footwork, mechanics, lifting weights, exercising, no matter what, you're doing on the field in the weight room or whatever if your mind doesn't function properly it, they're literally connected they're not they're one and the same it's not one and the other um so to see guys first off they need it they take it seriously they want it and they're receptive to it it works it's it's absolutely incredible and I, what i think is awesome too is you see guys like lebron james is 
a spokesperson for a meditation app. It's like, yes, what? <laughs> they, they, it just gives some credibility because it is different, right? Like, I've known for a very long time, Michael Jordan had George Mumford as his mindfulness coach, the entire Chicago Bulls team, Phil Jackson. George Mumford is actually who turned me on to this. Okay, wait a second. I know meditation and yoga is like, feels good for me and helps me connect and do these things. But like these inklings I have, I think this would be beneficial for quarterbacks and athletes in general. Getting connected with him, I met him once, um, read his book, it's like, okay, this is a thing. And like, that is the direction that I'm currently going. So I was saying earlier, I'm in a learning stage. I'm learning a little bit more of the, I want to say content, the information that goes into all of this through the Flow Research Collective and also how to better develop online programs, playing around with different programs and different you know, things that aren't my strong suits using technology. Um, that is where I'm currently at in the learning phase and it's called Cool Calm Connected, Quarterback's Guide to Life and Peak Performance. And that's the whole purpose of it is this. Um, what I genuinely believe is anybody when it is all done, anybody and everybody can benefit from it. Yes, it is designed and structured for athletic performance, but if you're somebody who just wants to be a little bit better version of yourself, this is a step-by-step guide and recommendations on how to do that. Nice, man. I'm excited. Yeah, that's... Uh that's that's uh that's really powerful and like you know like i was just saying to to be able to offer that that synthesis of what you have taken in to say hey guys you know i dove in i did the work like this is designed to to unlock new potential for you so now you can go build on that and find out what's next right um cool man i'm excited so Cool, calm, connected. I've been seeing it on Instagram. I love the the uh, the the language, the alliteration. Where did that come from? Um, it honestly came to me um, through a meditation uh, experience. It was just like it, it literally just popped up, and I was like, "That's it." And I started with Cool, Calm, Collected, and a friend of mine. Um, Kind of helped me see that every time I was talking about it, it was a, it was about connecting to yourself, right, and connecting and creating space to connect to source. And he was like, "What if you made it cool, calm, connected?" So I can't take credit for the connected, um, but that's what it's all encompassed by: is connecting to the highest version of yourself. That's what it's the whole thing is about. Um, to be able to access that and live that way and that's where that came from but why it popped into my head is that when you talk about quarterback play in my opinion anyway when you know, the draft is tonight so you're probably going to hear it a bunch of times right he's got like it the it factor which in my opinion is things like joe montana tom brady these guys that not the biggest, fastest, strongest, best arm, but like they had something about them. And it, 
part of it was their ability to remain cool, calm, collected under pressure in stressful situations. And in my opinion, and just from what I've seen, is that that's evaluated as an it factor. Either you have it or you don't. And from everything I've learned and everything I generally believe, it can be taught and it can be learned mm. to, to remain present, focused, and relaxed in the face and confident in the face of chaos and pressure. You can literally learn how to do it and practice it mm. because we're aware of what causes it, why your body responds certain ways, why you get stressed, anxious, nervous. We know why, right? And we might not know exactly the cause, but you know what the feelings are, you know what your body is doing physiologically. Now we also have the tools to equip ourselves with how to get back to equilibrium and literally become cool, calm, collected mm. and do it in real time. The practice is literally practicing just the same way we practice throwing a footwork. You have to practice leading up to the game, but where the real power is, is to be able to notice when you're a little anxious, a little nervous, thoughts start racing, what if this, uh, I hope not that, your heart's racing, and to implement the tools you have in place to get yourself back to equilibrium so you come back to the present moment, fully present, confident, relaxed, immersed in the task at hand, no doubts, no fears, relax, play football, because it's going to create the most fun best football experience possible and i have a hunch the best results as well as far as creating that that experience right like so you're saying it can be taught some of the work that i do with my clients is like uh like breath work like wim hof breath breath work and i got everybody you know on their cold showers and like whatnot to make sure that they are like meeting resistance and experiencing right part of that wim hof method is creating uh that that fight or flight response right and sitting with it and saying it's all good and like working with your brain as you're in there um so and i'm thinking about like okay how else could maybe you be doing this with with your clients but uh or with your students so how are some ways that you kind of help people to prepare for that that exactly the number one tool i like is breath holds right it, you do some deep breathing and hold your breath and when we first start of course I start small and gradual and x amount of seconds and guide them through it and then it's eventually so the purpose of holding your breath is to ignite that fight or flight response and all I guide them to do is excuse me when you notice that voice in your head start to say okay I need to breathe hold even longer right it's just hold you're gonna be fine right you're gonna be fine and it just creates that little bit of grit, a little bit of mental toughness, and the ability to notice when your mind and your body are telling you, I think I'm dying, right? And for you to say, no, I'm okay. That's, that's the number one tool, um, is through breath holds and putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. And that's why I love yoga. I love hot yoga in terms of this. Like we were talking yesterday, like I, I used to say it's a struggle. It's not a struggle anymore. My current biggest project is finding ways to make all of these things completely relevant to 
quarterbacks and athletes in general. And that's one of the biggest benefits of hot yoga, in my opinion, is you're in this extremely uh, difficult environment to be in. It's hot, literally hot as hell, right? You're in uncomfortable postures you've never been in before. Everything in your mind is telling you, get the hell out of here, lay down, just stop. But through focusing on your breath, connecting to your breath, connecting to your body, and practicing quieting that mind and that voice, you're strengthening your ability to remain calm under pressure and under stress. Um, so obviously we can't do hot yoga at the moment, but through holding postures. Yeah. It, the, the underlying thing of it all is put yourself in some kind of uncomfortable situation and push through it to some degree. Right? Like that's uh, any way, shape, or form you do that. And that's the purpose of cold showers too, right? To some degree, it's, well, this sucks. It's really freezing cold. But I'm deciding to stay under the water for a little bit longer. Yeah, man. So like you, you nailed on the, the primary ones that we do are breathing, movement, and cold showers. Yeah, such powerful tools. You know, in my yoga teacher training at Kripalu, um, Kripalu is a, a tantric hatha, they call it. Um, and at the time that I showed up to do my teacher training, like I had familiarity with a couple of different kinds of yoga, but like pretty much everything that I had ever done was like vinyasa style yoga, like flow, lots of movement, you know, whatever. Um, and at Kripalu, it's all about the sustain. It's all about holding those uncomfortable postures. And it's a little bit more static, um, like going from one posture to the next, like sometimes like you'll have to like, roll over do something weird that's like oh this isn't like flowing but you know for whatever reason this is their sequence that's how it works and we got comfortable in it but um yeah that was by far the most powerful experience i remember one 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 day this guy his name's yoganon yoganon came in he's like i don't know uh 70, probably 75, this little white haired man came in and uh, led a, a class for like all 50 of us. So we're all in this room and he, uh, in the middle of the, the sequence, like we come up into a bridge and uh, bridge pose, you're on your back, you're pressing your hips up towards the ceiling. And I swear to God, it felt like he left us there for like 10 or 15 minutes. It was just like, you know, do anything you can to keep your hips up in the air. Do not drop them down. Like your ass is on fire. We're all dripping in sweat. Like, you know, and he's playing this really intense music. Like, and it was so powerful. You go, you ride this wave of like, I can't do it. Nah, I got this. I can't do it. And yeah, sitting in those uncomfortable situations, like physically, um, I think, really build that mental toughness and, and and get you comfortable to sit with anything you're like yo if i can do that i can make it through whatever it may be so that's awesome man yeah it's it's, it's exciting and like i've said it i'm doing it i don't say flippantly but somewhat sporadically at the moment kind of as the opportunities present themselves it's not in the structure of what we offer and provide 
Um, but it's just like, every time I talk about it, I'm just like, this is the shit. <laughs> this, this is where it's at. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I'll be reaching out to you for some ideas you might have um, on, what, on what you're doing with your clients. And um, that's another thing. Do you call clients clients? I'm just curious. I do, yeah. Yeah, I, I call my clients clients. If you have a better word for me, I'm so open to it. Uh, that, that's just tricky. Um, it, from my situation, I, I try to refer to them as like brothers or part of family. Um, I just try to, especially because they're kids. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't like to say my client, my client, like my guy, never my, and you know. So. Dude, I love that. Brothers, that's great. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, language is so powerful, right? It's just like those, those little words can totally transform like a relationship, you know? Uh, I mean, I just look at it like, social media right is really the only time like you're not going to say to someone you're working with you're my client right <laughs> but where they would see that is in a post or right. on a story or and i just generally like to believe that like what we're doing and providing and is it's obviously it's way more than a business transaction right like a client let me say like my client it's like this person who pays me money right. and like that's the basis of our relationship and that's right. what you're choosing to present it as so like it's just like a little when when i see it put out that way um yeah yeah um, man it's, it's how it makes me feel and it's just like Ooh, I don't know. It's something that like every single day I'm wrestling with. And like, even just with everything that you see right now, like that exists on my website or whatever, you know, like even just the word coaching, right. It's like, well, I just went with it because people know what it means. Like generally, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I had a, if you look like the notes in my phone, it's like, you know, I have a million, let's see if I can find it right here. But um, I have a, a million different ideas for like, what I could have possibly called myself, right? Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just like not effective, like from a marketing standpoint, to call myself anything besides coach because you know that's what people are looking for. Um, but yeah, I'm always trying to optimize like the language and the vocab around like the work that I'm doing because I, you know, I studied linguistics in school. Um, Did you really? Yeah, yeah, linguistics uh, from like an anthropology and psychology standpoint. So it's about like, you know, the, the words and the vocab that are associated with healing and, and psychology. And now like what they talk about is NLP, right? Like um, neuro-linguistic programming is like a really big uh, field in personal development right now. And it's about the way that, you know, our, the words we use affect the way that we think. And, you know, this is uh, presented as a new idea, but really it's decades and decades old there's a theory of linguistic relativity right and that is the idea that like you can only think insofar as you have the words to do so right so whether that means like you know we're, we're bound by the language that we speak so if we become bilingual we are able to process the world with uh, a new a new a new way of uh, per perception right 
um, or you know, the music that you listen to, the books that you read, the words that are flooding your brain constantly are going to change the way you think, right? And this is something that is not new, but it's presented as new right now. Something that I love so much. I remember I went to a workshop, I may have shared this with you at some point, but at a music festival when I was probably like 20 or 21 and uh, super hippy dippy, this girl like, this is like just like super sweet yoga teacher, really, really nice. And uh, it, was a, it was a workshop on intentional language. And I remember the first thing that she shared with us, she said, so instead of saying kill two birds with one stone, you say, I feed two birds with one scone. And I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. Like you, like rather than speaking with these like violent uh, analogies and metaphors, like, you know, another one is like talking about like pulling the trigger, right? Like, and, and uh, these ideas that like these, these um, metaphors are so, yeah, they, they, they're, they're, they're inherently violent, right? Where it's like, all right, well, that's not the place where like I'm trying to come from. Um, so when you say that, like, oh yeah, uh, you know, feed two birds with one scone, you feel a little bit happier and like, <laughs> yeah, man. So it's like, you know, partially like, you know, an exercise. Um, but also I think that when you're trying to connect with any population, like you have to speak their language, right? You have to know who you're talking to. And like you said, you listen to the young people's music. Like this is why, like, I'm so grateful for like, my little brother, like Aiden is, you know, what is he? Like 19, 19, like keeps me young. and lets me know like how old and out of touch I am sometimes. You know what I mean? It's just like, again, with social, social media, everything, it's all moving so fast. There's new words, new, new, new things that come around where it's like, all right, yeah, you gotta stay in touch a little bit. Um, so I'm super grateful for the people that keep me in touch because listen, man, like I, genu I genuinely believe that the energy of the youth, like that is what keeps the world turning, you know? And like, we have to like, just continue to build that bridge between, you know, the, the adults and the youth. There's this disconnect where my other brother, Peter was saying, he was like, you know, between the time that you like leave high school and have kids for most people, like they like have very little interaction with kids. And by the time you have kids, you have like no idea what a kid even is anymore. Like it's been so long <laughs> since you spent time with kids. And you know, what you're doing as a, an adult, like building bridges, like opening this communication where like you have these strong, tight relationships with the youth and, and understand what they're going through day in the life. And like, you know, you're able to share with them like what it is to, you know, like when you're a kid, you think about like a 30 something year old dude, you're like, oh, that guy's like an, an adult. We don't have anything in common. Like, you know, I don't know what it's like to be an adult, but the more that we can build those bridges and connect um, through shared language, shared interests, and, and uh, just like a genuine curiosity for what the other is experiencing, I think that um, like that is going to like expedite the way that the world is uh, moving towards peace effectively. Because I think that like, you know, like Jordan Peterson says, right? Have one foot in chaos uh, or one foot in structure. What is it? Uh, something like that. One foot in structure, one foot in chaos, something to that, to that effect. And it's about the youth is that, that move it forward. Like, you know, and uh, as we get older, we have a tendency to get settled in our ways and, you know, our, uh, 
curiosity can sometimes uh, feign a little bit, right? So I think that what you're doing on that front is just like so powerful and so few people do it, right? Um, so it's badass. Thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, my friends. For sure, man. Is there, uh, is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanna leave us with today? I know we've been through a lot. Um, anything on your mind right now? Um, well, this is something that's been big for me, uh, especially recently. In this space of development, right? And when you're on the journey of personal development and growth and working to better yourself, you know, it's no secret. It can be ups and downs. And you know, something that I wish I really took notice of sooner was really just being in intentional to some degree about enjoying whatever it is you're doing wherever it is that you're at. Like it's, it's very honorable and noble and commendable to want to better yourself and, you know, be the best version of yourself and help people and do all these things from a personal level. It's like, what the hell's the point if you're not enjoying it? And I've, found in the past i've created my own personal struggle like beating myself up over stuff because i didn't do this thing and skip this practice and this and that and this and that and it's like well the whole point is to enjoy everything more right to put yourself in a position to in, in, enjoy more with people you care about and do cool things and it's like that's where we're going right and that's it is good bad and different wherever you're at accept accept it and enjoy it and then if you don't like it choose differently that's it and, and it comes down to finding more joy and creating more joy and there you have it guys more joy more life there's this fallacy this trope that dominates our thinking and our existence that we always feel like we have to be doing something more, working harder, struggling in order to get the most out of life. But maybe you just need to slow down, sink in, and a little, little bit more joy in. That's from the man himself. James is one of my greatest coaches and teachers. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. If you guys want to keep up with him, you can find him at QB Coach Brady on Instagram. Now go out there and do something that brings you joy. It's fine. It's cool. You're allowed to be happy. Go enjoy it. Hope you guys have a great weekend and I will talk to you soon. Love you.